Welcome to another exciting episode of The Voluntary Tackle, the only NRL podcast willing to stump up the cash to buy the highly coveted Biocharger subtle energy device, the latest quackery peddled by iconic caveman chef Pete Evans. Now for the meagre sum of just $15,000, you too could own what appears to be a lava lamp clumsily glued to the top of a fax machine in a misguided bid to relieve yourself of the threat of coronavirus. Now, I can't speak for you listeners, but I certainly look forward to having my cells exercise greater balance and poise after being burnt badly by what looks to be a radioactive dildo placed inside a thermomix. But I digress. I am your host, Avon Brown, and today on the show, we'll be counting down who we feel have been the 20 greatest exponents of rugby league in the NRL era, starting this episode with 20th through to 11th place. Now, we understand that these judgments are entirely subjective, so please... Don't do what you normally do when you disagree with the show and send in anthrax mixed with mayonnaise, otherwise referred to as Big Mac special sauce. We're certainly not all going to agree, and I completely get that. So I'll also be reading out any suggestions that you have along with your Twitter handle so that any carcinogenic burger sauce can be sent to you as well. Now, enough of the thinly veiled threats. Let's crack into our top 20. Settle down, Rabbit. Marshall and Marshall... And still with Marshall. Oh! Intercepted by Lockheed. He scored. Oh, no! I can't take that off him. Here comes Fiddler. Fiddler on. Then he great tackle. The young bull against the old bull. Down the blind. Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. And Dallas Hood will be held and made to play the ball. Gordon Tallis, the man who brought the energy of a raging bull on the field and the charisma of a coma patient off the field, Gordy makes a list because he genuinely struck fear into the hearts of his opponents and wasn't afraid to turn the odd person's face into a poorly made hamburger. Let's give credit to Brisbane. They were brilliant, weren't they, in the second half? They were. Aiden abetted by one of the worst refereeing uh, performances I've, I've ever come across. I mean, how can Gordon Tallis stay on the field? Seven, seven punches to the head and still there. He throws more punches here than Joe Bugner did in his entire career. Look at this. It's amazing. Attempted spear tackle. Now, a little push from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And he connected with seven of them. And stays on the park. It's absolutely unbelievable. I mean, um, O'Connor has given him a little push to start with. A little, there's one or two words flying. You cannot punch somebody in the head seven times on a rugby league field and stay in the park. When he debuted for the Saints in the early 90s, he had the impact right from the start, often coming off the bench and changing the course of the match through sheer aggression. Sure, a lot of what he did with his fists wouldn't fly today, but it was great to watch so long as it wasn't your team he was trampling into a fine paste. Speaking of which, who could forget this? Hudson around to Carey. Hudson lassoed by Tallis. Look at Tallis! Look at Tallis! He drags him 
spectacular ring. <laughs> well, you will not see a better tackle than that from Gordon Tallis. Fun fact, Brett Hodgson is still into S&M following that borderline assault in origin. His safe word is Daniel Wagon. 19. Luke Lewis. For me, Lewis was a player who just seemed to get better each year he played, even through his 30s. A bit like Kylie Minogue's face. He started out as a plucky high-energy winger and developed into one of the most powerful and skillful back rowers of his generation. Short, deft passes? No worries. Little kicks in behind the line? He could do that too. A classy forward who had the whole bag of tricks and, like most class players, always lifted the standard in the big games and rep matches. Here at the Voluntary Tackle, we feel the Penrith Panthers must still be lamenting letting this bloke go, as they could only watch him reach a purple patch in his career at the Sharks, culminating in a Clive Churchill medal win in 2016. But don't feel too bad for the Penny Panthers. They use the money they save to retain the services of Lewis Brown. Oh, I'm sorry about that. But enough of the champagne comedy. Here's some Luke Lewis. What sort of result can the Roosters get? Oh. Intercept! Oh. again! This time from 90 metres! Luke Lewis! Here comes Mitchell! Go, oh. you old thing! Oh. Oh. will not worry them! <laughs> Lewis has got 90! 18. James Tedesco. By the time Teddy retires, we could be talking about him as a top three player. But given he's still got plenty of his journey ahead of him, it's hard to place him any higher on the list just yet. But watch this space. Like so many of the truly great players, Teddy brings unique attributes to the footy field we simply haven't seen before. Notably, an ability to swerve, bounce out of tackles, and even reverse, all without needing to slow down. An act of physics I'm still yet to truly get my head around. He was a very, very good player for the Tigers, but has developed into a truly great player for the Roosters. No longer feeling the need to win games off the back of his own individual brilliance, Teddy is slotted into a lethal structure that has brought the best out of him. With at least another five or six years left in him, he's already racked up origin wins, tests for Australia and two premierships. You get the feeling that his best, freakishly, may still be ahead of him. But to ensure some objectivity here, I've scoured the internet looking for some drawbacks to Tedesco's game. And here it is. Did you know that his nickname of Teddy was the same nickname of the prolific serial killer Ted Bundy. But rest assured, we're reasonably confident that Tedesco doesn't have the same sexual fetishes that Bundy enjoyed. He leaves that to Fergo. Here's one of my favourite highlights so far. <coughs> but enough Bundy, now for Teddy's highlights. Jared Hayne. It's a real shame that this bloke's off-field behaviour has marred a career that was at stages truly phenomenal. As far as natural talent goes, it's really hard to leave Hayne out of this list because there are only a handful of players who could score the kind of long-range individual tries that Hayne did. There was a period of time for the Eels where it wasn't an exaggeration to say that Jared beat teams by himself. Because at times he literally did just that breezing past four or five players in one dynamic surge, 
often using a combination of speed, footwork and amazing upper body strength. It's a shame we never saw the back end of this guy's career because I'm sure he would have added a few more 80 metre blockbusters to that highlights reel. However, for the purists that would like to see the latest runs by Hain, I understand there is some footage still available, which was captured by a police helicopter about two months ago. But this is how he used to run on the field. Going to Jared Hain. He stops, he stammers, he hesitates. Three strides, one blade of grass. He's still going, Jared Hain. He's going to score! He has scored! One of the season's best! Simply dancing! Dancing his way through the opposition! 16. Josh Hodgson. If a football had to have a face, it would surely be Josh Hodgson's. Hull must have been beyond inconsolable when he left their club for Canberra. A true out-and-out footy player. He is the blend of old-style hooking with modern-day halfback, wearing all the hats for the Raiders to win. And make no mistake, he is the primary reason they are a huge success at the moment. Maybe only Cameron Smith possesses more guile than Josh. Forever analysing every play and working out how his team can win each and every ruck. He's also a bloke that doesn't need to read from every page in the training manual. Big shout-out to Mitch Pearce. He's a scary competitor who always makes me nervous anytime my team plays him. 15. Sonny Bill Williams. Sonny's another bloke, had he played more NRL footy, would have found himself much higher up on this list. I don't think I've ever seen a player quite so blessed with strength, skill and agility as Sonny Bill Williams was. If he wasn't running over the top of you, he was putting on a slick sidestep, palming you in the face or putting a one-handed around the back pass on. It really just depended on his mood. The irony is we probably didn't see the best of him in the NRL because he infamously walked out on the dogs to play rugby union. In a way, he was a victim of his own talent. Well, a beneficiary really, because Sonny would have been great at almost any sport he played and he chose a fair few. As a league fan, I just feel blessed to have seen this guy play the greatest game of all, even when he was carving my team up for the Bulldogs. Thankfully, he made it up to me in 2013 by winning the Chooks at GF. It's fair to say that Sonny Bill Williams was best known for his dynamic running game and previously legal shoulder charges, but he also possessed an amazing one-handed pass and even a long-range pass that was rarely on display. A few times he unleashed them, you realised he could pass a ball with more length and speed than Brad Fittler. A truly scary player. 14. Jake Friend. I suspect I'm going to cop the most heat for including Jake in my top 20 than any other player, but hear me out. If it weren't for Cameron Smith, I think we'd probably be talking about the many State of Origin and Kangaroo games that Friend was a big, big part of. He's sort of like the Darren Lehman of rugby league, the second best hooker in the game for close to a decade, and it's no coincidence that when Jake started playing consistent first grade footy for the Roosters, the club became a consistent performer in most seasons. It's actually quite remarkable to think he's never worn a Maroons jersey when you consider how much quality he brings to a team. And here's a fun fact for you. Russell Bowden has played for Queensland, but Jake Friend hasn't. Fate truly can be a cantankerous son of a bitch. Friend's strongest attribute is his giant motor, a very different approach to the game than, say, a Cameron Smith, who instead used his uncanny knack for choosing when to move to first gear. The fact is, Friend only has one gear consistently knocking up the most tackles in matches and still having enough petrol in the tank to make important runs. But over the course of time, he has cultivated a really effective long-range kicking game and he actually lays on plenty of tries through flat passes in the red zone in particular. Any club would be desperate to have a Jake Friend in their side and if there was ever a player that never got the raps he deserves, it's him. 
and maybe Jeremy Lattimore. Perhaps my most vivid memory of watching Jake Friend live was him sealing the 2013 preliminary final against the Knights with a 60-metre intercept, his little legs pumping so hard. It was a bit like watching Gumby high on men. Down and Friend picks it up, scampers away. Down past the 30, they're chasing, but they're chasing to no avail. 13. Sam Burgess. To be honest, I could have had Sammy much higher on the list, if not for the fact that he often let his dirty play rule his game. The irony is, he never needed it. He was damaging enough. Truly one of the most powerful forwards I've ever seen play the game. He was a rare commodity, a forward who expected to cross the stripe as often as a back. He also possessed a mountain of skill, often popping balls to support players with ease. You know, we often throw the word toughness around too easily, but Sam Burgess really embodied that word usually playing through multiple horrendous injuries and still being one of the best performed blokes on the field. The last game he played against Manly where his neck and shoulder was stuffed and he was running so hard at the defence that he actually had to hold his head on straight otherwise it might have popped off. That should give you some idea of how tough he was. This guy almost had a blatant disregard for his own safety and it's really hard not to admire that. But let's face it, he'll always be remembered for the 2014 grand final against the Dogs where he played virtually the entire match with a broken cheekbone and eye socket, winning the Clive Churchill for his gritty performance. What other proof do you need? I, I almost trained, trained myself to play through things uh, without knowing that. And Anyway, so we got to the grand final and, and whatever happened in the first tackle, and I didn't think about coming off because really I should have come off five or six weeks ago, uh, but, but I didn't. I, I trained myself to play through certain certain things and... Um, it was right. How can I manage this situation? So at the time, it was, you know, the the the, the coaches, the um, staff came out and said, "Geez, um, you, yeah, bring you something out. Do you want a painkiller? Do you want this? Can we do it?" I said, "Well, there's not much you can do." I said, "As I'm running, my face was bouncing up and down. I could feel it, and um, my face was all it'd gone all numb, it all tingling like mad. Uh, it was quite uncomfortable. And I just thought, it's my last game. I thought it was going to be my last game in the NRL because I was going to rugby union. I just thought." I'll just next time we we get the ball, I'll take a carry. I'll see how it feels. And before I knew it, I'd I'd made a couple of tackles and I'd carried the ball. And uh, I'll never forget we we're packing down for a scrum about four or five minutes in, and James Graham's packing it down against me, and and he looked at me and he said, "Sammy, mate," he said, "Your face is a mess." He said, "You've got to go off." I said, "F off." <laughs> I said, "I'm staying out." Shane Webke. Shane was a staple of the Broncos team for more than a decade in an era where the club was world's best practice. All of the flashy brilliance that the likes of Langer, Walters and Lockyer produced was off the back of a foundation laid by Webke in every single match that he played. He never put in a bad performance and he never stole the show either. He just consistently gave you a 9 out of 10 performance each and every match and the Brisbane Bronco teams of the late 90s and early 2000s wouldn't have been able to lay on the tries that they did if it weren't for the most consistent forward of the modern era. If there was one strike against his name, he can't fight for shit. Five tackles gone, and again the call is there for the defence. It's a punch-up. Webke is trading punches with Campion. Manda has stopped play. Yeah, I think that Shane Webke will be penalised here. He was nailed by Kevin Campion on the inside pass and took exception to it. Very rare to see Webke show this kind of emotion. Former teammates, of course. The Brisbane club, but I think Shane is at fault. 11. Benji Marshall. Although that flick pass is brought up a lot, 
The truth is you could have picked from a dozen equally amazing flick pass tries in Benji's career. What I admire most about Benji, believe it or not, is not his amazing hop step or his magical passing game. It was his ability to evolve his game over the years to suit his physicality. When he was younger, Benji was lightning off both feet, could step around six players without breaking a sweat. But look at him today. His game is unrecognisable. He's one of the best game managers there is. Controlled, unflappable. He has a masterful short kicking game and can really tighten the screws on any side with repeat sets. A lull in his mid-career has prevented him from being higher on this list. But to come back from a failed stint in Union and play the way he has in the NRL is a true credit to Marshall and his willingness to compete. Most with his natural ability would have given the game away when they could no longer do the things they used to do. Another thing to note is just how influential Benji has been to other players coming through. It just seemed like an entire generation of playmakers wanted to play like Benji Marshall. Anyone who makes that kind of impact on the game has to be recognised in the top 20. And Marshall, and still with Marshall, he's got 10 to go, shut the gate. The best player in the world at the moment scores a solo classic. Well folks, that brings part one of our special top 20 countdown to a close. But before we go, we want to share a couple of submissions we've received so far. Our first comes from Giannis Mateus, who gives us his countdown from 20 to 1. We'll start with part one here as well. Giannis has Beaver Menzies at 20, Dale Copley at 19, Aishford, Lafay, Farrell, Louis, O'Brien, Harrison Stockwell and Marquetto, who he notes should be the co-captain. Giannis is clearly taking the piss. We also have this in from at Rich Cranium NRL, otherwise known as Enormous Seal. His countdown includes Carriage. I'm assuming that's the very famous brain meltdown Carriage against uh, the Bulldogs in 98. Great inclusion there, Rich. Uh, he also had Dinova, Price, Wiki, Benji, Mannering, Talmalolo, Scott, Inglis, Hayne rounding out his 11. Some great choices in there, mate. And uh, I'm assuming that the inclusion of Paul Carriage uh, is some kind of therapy for you, being an Eels fan. Uh, because it wouldn't have been easy to see him frit away 48 points like that. And our final submission for this episode comes from the Angry Tiger at Jagson3. Get around that Twitter account if you can. He's a very astute judge of sport, uh, but does get very hot under the collar, particularly with his own teams. Now, we're going to start from the 20 mark here and work our way down to 11. At 20, Todd Carney. It's not starting off well. Uh, Trent Barrett, Nathan Blacklock, Aquila Uate. That's a bolter. Shane Webke, Paul Gallen, Brad Fittler, James Tedesco, Jamie Lyon, and Jason Taumalolo. A lot of J's there. It's a triple J effect. Uh, thank you very much, the Angry Tiger, for submitting those. We'll read out your top 10 on part two of this series, and that goes for everyone else who submits as well. So thanks very much for joining us here at The Voluntary Tackle. Please get involved on our socials, if indeed that is your tipple. You can find us at the handle at Voluntary Tackle. Across all the majors, um, except we're probably not on TikTok, uh, and we never will be. We're taking a stand on that early. We're too old, and I don't know how it works. See you next time.